Hi everyone, welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Hey friends, welcome, especially welcome to all of our new listeners and also thank you to all of our listeners who have shared the podcast episodes from the last week with your friends, family, colleagues, and so on. Welcome to our special podcast edition, How to Feel Better. This is a four-week program that I am offering that includes these podcast episodes Monday through Friday and a weekly packet designed to help you feel better, really in some ways designed to help you feel to guide you through this process. And this week, I am going to be leading you through step two of how to feel better, which is to explore your emotions. Last week, I talked about step one, which was to look at what's going on, look at your emotional landscape. And this week, we're going to be exploring that emotional landscape So before I kick things off in this episode, I want to quickly thank friend of the podcast, Claire F. from Colorado. And to learn more about becoming a friend of the show, click on the link in the show notes. We've got different tiers of membership. And every month I hang out with tier two and three friends for a live Ask Me Anything session. Um, we've got, you know, different kinds of opportunities for you, but really, if you become a friend of a show, it's a way for you to contribute really a small amount to this show being possible and, and to, um, avoiding having to look for advertisements and put advertisements in here, which I really don't want to do. So check out the show notes and now let's get into step two of how to feel better. A few days ago, I was woken up at three in the morning by a nightmare. One of those nightmares that's so vivid and intense and you wake up and your heart is pounding. You're like, well, that's it. I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep now. So this was my nightmare. I was traveling I was in a city in the Caribbean that I love, that I've been to before. I was so happy to be back there. And I was with my husband and we were visiting a good friend and we were in this big building. Um, And it was wonderful. I was so happy to be traveling again and seeing an old friend. And then as nightmares do, all of a sudden, there was this like, I'm not really in a building. I'm actually on this huge ship, like kind of like a cruise ship, but also like a scary ship. I'm on this huge ship and I'm in the Caribbean and the ship is being pulled really, really rapidly to the West. 
and it's speeding and nobody knows what's going on. And then all of a sudden, there are these monsters under the sea. It's nighttime. These monsters under the sea that have these super long tentacles and they splash their tentacles over the ship edge and it lands on the people. And there's hundreds of people on this boat. And every time it lands on someone's skin, the tentacles leave this, they, they burn the skin, they scald and these huge welts appear and there's this poison that's coming in through the tentacles and these monsters keep thrashing out their, their tentacles and I look out over the ocean and I can see all these other ships that are also being pulled at like a thousand miles an hour somewhere towards the west and I only know that because somehow I get my father on the phone and he is saying, yeah, we can see on the radar what's ha happening and these ships are being pulled. And I then there's two little kids from my street who are on this ship and my husband and I have to protect them and we're shielding their bodies. We're covering them up so the tentacles won't land on these two little kids who live on my street. And yet these monsters, we can see this happening and there's like electrical flashing and I just know that we're being pulled towards this massive monster that's under the sea that's going to devour and destroy us all. And then I wake up. Okay, so yeah, I think I watched some too much like weird science fiction. Um, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. But so I woke up and because I'm deep in this feel better program and thinking about this all the time, I was like, okay, Elena, so what are the emotions that your unconscious is trying to sort through? What is this? What can you learn from this nightmare? What's going on? And what I, I came to is that this dream was about the absolute nightmare, unexpected happening when you never, ever, ever, ever thought it could happen. Like here you are just enjoying your life, being with loved ones on an adventure, and then out of the blue comes the nightmare of all nightmares, the, the like thing that you maybe saw in a movie once and you thought, well, that's supernatural or that's, you know, science fiction. That would never happen. Ha ha. And that, that emotion to me is what I feel like I experienced in February, March of 2020. It felt like a, a movie like a, a, a science fiction movie that everything shut down. We couldn't see anyone, talk to anyone, touch anyone, hug anyone. We had to wipe down. I mean, in the beginning, we were wiping down all of our mail, every everything that came from a store, the gloves and the masks and just, you know, so much fear This that this monster that we'd never seen before could just rise up and kill us. And we had to protect other people. We had to protect the vulnerable, the people who may not be able to protect themselves. And, and I, so when I woke up with my heart pounding and not able to go back to sleep again and thinking about this dream, I, it, I you know, it just made me realize like that this is the definition of a trauma. And my mind and my body are still trying to sort through it. 
and the fear lingers. What could be next? Maybe there are monsters in the ocean that have these radioactive tentacles. And I am already a person who is prone to worrying. I'm really good at worrying about all the terrible things that could happen. And now I'm going to add global pandemics and monsters in the sea. So there is an opportunity right now for me, for all of us. This is, this is why I'm offering you this program right now. There is an opportunity right now for us to turn towards these nightmares, these fears. And I, I say this is happening right now because we're, we're in a transition phase. We're in an, perhaps in between, even though I know there's lots of places where people have not yet been vaccinated. In most of the world, in fact, uh, vaccination is happening really slowly or not even yet at all. And so I haven't been vaccinated yet. I know a lot of people in the United States who have, but in California, it's not my turn yet. There's, it's not available. So I'm still waiting, still double masking, super, super, super careful. Um, but we are, you know, at some point, I will be vaccinated. And at some point, hopefully, the majority of the world will be vaccinated. So I still think we're in this in-between phase where we can learn from the last year and from our own emotional experience of it and our response. These are skills that I'm sharing with you that are relevant at any time because they are skills around engaging with our emotions, responding to them, learning from them that we can use in daily life as well as any time there is unexpected change or even expected change. But right now, we can learn. And that is an invaluable opportunity we have. And we can do it together because the nightmare I had might you might be listening and sort of amused or thinking of your own nightmares or your own metaphorical symbolic experiences that represent how your unconscious is trying to process all of the fear and the uncertainty and the the abrupt change that we all experienced a year ago you know maybe similar maybe different but this is the opportunity is for the first time in human history in a long time we are able to have a really a shared conversation about an emotional experience that we have all shared a number of commonalities, right? It's not like when you suffer an individual personal or, or family shock or a trauma, and maybe you can talk about it within your family, but not necessarily like with everyone. So we have an opportunity. Okay. I want to loop back to something I talked about last week and just in case you didn't hear it or um, to remind us that, you know, we've been socialized to believe that emotions are wrong, bad, dangerous, a waste of time. But again, emotions are a huge part of what make us human. And they are a tremendous source of wisdom and insight and actually energy. So when we turn towards our emotions, when we look at them, and then when we explore them, it's likely that in the end, after the exploration, we'll have more energy. 
Yes, like just like a physical exploration, it can be tiring, it can be physically fatiguing. And then at the end, often we're like, God, that was so great. I'm so glad I took that trek or climbed that mountain. It was hard, but it was energizing. We can tap into more resources, inner resources. So last week we explored or, or we worked on looking out at our emotional landscape and putting some words to what we saw. Again, that act of naming or labeling can be empowering. When you can see what's out there more clearly, it can feel like a relief. Clarity is cathartic. And so now this week, the invitation is all right. Which ones, which of those emotions that you saw, that you named, which ones do you want to understand? So this is your choice. Which emotions you explore is your choice. You are fully in control of this journey, of this exploration. You get to explore what you want to explore. This is your choice. Let me invite you into something that I think will feel good. I want you to recall a time when you felt content. When you felt content. Can you remember that? What contributed to that emotional experience? Where were you? Who were you with? What were you doing? How did your body feel in that moment of contentment? Now, again, I hope that feels good to recall. When you think about what allowed you to feel content? Do you get any ideas for actions that you might take now or in the future? Any clues, any hints that might influence your decisions or your actions? When I say we can explore and learn from our emotions, one of the implications from learning is always around what we do next or what we do, decisions we make. And yes, we can learn a lot from the uncomfortable emotions, right? We can learn, oh, that person drains my energy. I don't feel good when I'm with them. I am going to not spend so much time with them. And we can learn from the emotions that are comfortable, pleasant, enjoyable. We may, in fact, benefit most from exploring those emotions. For many reasons, we're really drawn to the uncomfortable emotions. We want to stop feeling those uncomfortable emotions. That is absolutely justified and makes sense. 
we are also drawn to those uncomfortable emotions because um, and it, that is really it's how our minds and our bodies are designed to take care of us and protect us. And, uh, and that's absolutely fine. And we can learn a lot from exploring the emotions that include love and motivation and passion and connection and happiness and contentment and relaxation. How can we explore those and identify the implications for action? That's what we're going to be doing this week. My stepmother refuses to get vaccinated. She could, she's eligible. My father has been vaccinated, but she refuses. When I heard this, I felt, I felt so angry. And I spent a little moment turning towards that anger seeking to understand it, exploring it. And I felt, you know, I realized I, I care about her. I want her to be well. I'm afraid of what might happen if she's not vaccinated. I want her to be healthy and well and be able to be with my father. I'm also confused by what I'm interpreting as her ignorance. She doesn't believe in the virus. She doesn't, I don't. I don't get it. Um, it, it. What she's doing, you know, if I'm honest with you, it's really triggering to me. And I realized that part of the reason it's her actions are triggering is because they are bringing up other emotions that I have in relationship to her and my and my relationship to her and her relationship to my father my father right so it's like the tip of an iceberg is that she doesn't want to get vaccinated and below that is a whole soup of emotions and this is what happens sometimes when we turn towards our emotions and when we explore them but then I can make a distinction between my response to her most recent decision or action not to get vaccinated and all this other stuff that's related to her and my father and my relationship to them. And, you know, the pandemic, this is what the experts say. I listen to what the experts say. I mean, the experts, like all kinds of people who are talking about the pandemic, the experts say that the pandemic has exasperated everything. It's exasperated loneliness. It's exasperated tension in relationships. It's exasperated people's anxieties. There's a lot more anxiety and depression now than a year ago. I have to tell you, in the last week or so, I have been super relieved to read about how many people have gained weight during the pandemic. I didn't really, I mean, I don't know why, but I didn't really realize like this was a thing, maybe because there's so much shame about our bodies and weight. And so people haven't been talking about it. Um, 
And but now I've been reading people saying, oh, yeah, you know, I am like, okay, so one of our biggest fears I know as human beings is that we are not normal, that something we are doing is not normal. And then that for many people that can provoke a cycle of shame and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, like that's the that's the problem. Um, and so I'm like, oh, OK, I having gained I don't know how much weight because I actually don't weigh myself, but. Um, I know that a lot of clothes that I wore a year ago are now tight. So I'm like, okay, so whatever it is I've gained, I am still normal. Whew, big relief. And let's talk about this, right? So my tendency to, um, to eat food for self-soothing reasons or to crawl into bed. And as I confessed to you last week, eat ice cream and drink gin and tonic is within the range of normal. Of course, like I, I know that I do. And so part of me, when I read about all these like stories, people like, yeah, I gained 30 pounds. I gained 40 pounds. Like, oh, okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. This is all within normal. Um, this is, you know, talking about things brings, makes us, you know, also, by the way, people should not be blessed with a pandemic and menopause, like in the same period of time. That's just not fair. That's another thing we don't talk about, but now I'm really digressing. Um, the pandemic has exasperated everything. So for me, both my healthy and sometimes unhealthy tendencies have been exasperated. I've definitely done a lot more meditation in the last year than I ever had before. I've also definitely, you know, there was a phase at which my eating patterns were not healthy. They weren't, and they didn't make me feel good. I didn't, you know, my gin and tonic phase, like I love getting up early in the morning. The next morning, I don't feel good after I have alcohol. I just don't like it. And I love my mornings digression again. So here's the thing, the pandemic, because it's been a major disruptor, a major shock, disorientation, confusion has made all the underlying things more intense. Relationships that were already tense at home may have gotten tenser or, you know, sometimes they may have gotten tenser, but they may right now be, um, we may be using coping mechanisms to kind of avoid that tension that's really common everything you know again i whatever you're doing it's normal it's okay it may not be um so when i say healthy what i want to say is uh, we could use the term healthy but we could also say in the long term the long term impacts may not be ones that you your best self would want to be working towards or want to be building okay so in the long term you know my ice cream gave me momentary um, pleasure and distraction and relief and that was okay that was a coping mechanism that in that moment in march and april that was okay and then i realized like in the long term this my body doesn't feel good it's not going to feel good this isn't what i want Whatever you have done, this is not an opportunity to shame yourself or criticize yourself. It's an opportunity to pause and say, what are the, what was I doing that was helping me get through the moment? So even denying or suppressing tension in a relationship, when we are in lockdown and it's not easy to get distance from someone, it may have been okay. Now I'm also want to, of course, include a caveat there that you know, if you have been in physical, emotional, 
danger or if you've been harmed physically or emotionally. And this is one of the most just heartbreaking and terrifying, the rates of domestic violence that have skyrocketed. Um, that's something else. I'm not talking about putting up with violence because there's nowhere for you to go. Um, in the show notes, we will include some numbers and resources for you to turn towards if that is your situation. So I don't want to by any means imply that you just have to deal with a bad situation. If you're in harm, you deserve help. You you need support and help and it does exist. But I'm also, you know, referencing just the things that we do and that we live with that um, sometimes we tolerate, sometimes we deal with more or less, everything's been exasperated. So my relationship with my stepmother has been exasperated. It's more tense now than it ever has been. I feel more frustrated with her now than I ever have been. We have an opportunity right now to address these underlying issues, these things that we live with, whether it's anxiety, my underlying worry, my underlying anxiety that is always there. I've been afraid of the unexpected, unknown, like horror movie thing happening for many decades. This is not something new in my life. I have an opportunity right now to unpack that. I have an opportunity to improve my relationship with my stepmother and my father to talk to both of them. We are in a transition time. What do you want to go back to? What do you want in your life? Now is the time to make changes, to reimagine. But first, you have to do the understanding, the exploring. So what are the emotions that are present for me about my stepmother's decision? Again, like there's fear, there's anger, disappointment. Um, I have an opportunity to perhaps just accept that this is who she is. This is the way she is. I don't know. I have an opportunity to think about boundaries. This is this. I'm not sure where I'm at yet, but this is an opportunity. And ultimately, again, it's my relationship with my father. An opportunity to explore the uncomfortable and the comfortable emotions it's just, it's different from the opportunities we've had in the past. Again, we can do this together. <sighs> There's so much uncertainty. There's so much um, grief. Next week, we're going to be exploring, talking about grief and loss. And there's an opportunity also, I got to say, for possibilities and hope. Um, I'm so conflicted sometimes because... There's like, I'm sad about buffets, okay? I'm going trivial here for a moment. I want to talk about like, I'm sad about buffets because, you know, even though buffets have always seemed a little bit kind of a little bit risky or a little bit, ooh, like all those fingers, still like a beautiful, good buffet is a highlight, right? I'm, I'm kind of sad about not blowing candles out on a cake anymore. I don't know. It's just like, it's a tradition or shaking hands. I don't know if I'll ever want to shake anyone's hand again. It just seems gross. But I'm also kind of sad about that because shaking hands is a thing we do. I have dreams now where I'm shaking hands with people. And then in my dreams, I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. You know, there's all this uncertainty. I have all these conflicted feelings about companies that are going to stay virtual and what's going to happen to 
cities and what happens if people are working mostly vert I don't know so much like and then I get hopeful because in a couple of years, I heard a podcast, I'll put this in the show notes, with a doctor. His name is uh, Dr. Nicholas Christakis, who's a physician, a sociologist, and he's talking about how this virus is going to live amongst us forever, it's not going to go away, and how, um, but perhaps by 22 or 23, the year, people are, once it's sort of shifted into a different phase, people are going to be seeking out social events, spending money, going to, you know, wanting lots of arts and entertainment, and there's going to be like a boom in entrepreneurship. He's really hopeful. And this image of what could be got me feeling really excited, like, ooh, this is going to be, you know, a new kind of 20s. <sighs> that could be coming. So right now, We've got an opportunity to learn from our emotions and to improve our relationships. We're at that final frontier that I talked about last week, and I am really just urging everyone to develop a relationship with emotions, shift this whole paradigm, shift it away from emotions being things that we need to control or manage or regulate. I hate those words. I don't use those words. But shifting the way that we think about emotions to being something we can have a healthy, complex relationship with, I want to encourage you to turn towards them. At some point, yes, you'll do something about the sadness or the fear. I'm going to talk about that more tomorrow in how to have your emotions to tea. But we have to start with turning towards them, engaging with them. One more idea I want to share with you, though, before before tomorrow, because I've been getting some feedback on last week, and I want to leave you with this understanding that, you know, I you may have heard the suggestion, like, sit with your feelings, honor them. And yes, we want to do that. That's kind of what I'm suggesting when I say look at them, explore them. But on the heels of exploration comes taking action. Because some of you might already might be thinking like, okay, so how long do I sit with them? Is it okay for me to distract myself sometimes when I've been with my sadness for a long time? Like, yeah, you might say, you know that your emotional weather is going to change. But right now, it's freezing cold. And it's been cold for a long time. And you're tired of it. And yeah, you are looking at your emotions. So you might say, is it okay for me to do something about how I'm feeling? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Once we understand our emotions, like once we've really listened to them, then again, the next step, if you want to think about it as steps, is to engage with them. Other people, again, like to say the next step is to control or manage or regulate emotions. I don't like those terms. I like to say, let's engage with them. And this might mean that you shift those emotions. Or you take effort to transform them. But here's the key. You got to be clear on your intention behind wanting to do something about them. Sometimes we might try to shift our emotions because we want to deny some part of them. 
So we might distract ourselves. We might tune out from some of the uncomfortable emotions. Sometimes we might want to shift them because we've learned from them and a space is opening up and we're like ready to walk into it. So often when we really look at our emotions, when we've really explored them, they begin shifting almost by themselves. So let's say you're feeling really sad. Okay, the first thing is you should cry. Cry if you feel that desire and if you can cry, because I want to acknowledge that some people have um, suppressed tears for so long that it actually feels physically impossible for them to cry. But if you can cry, cry. Because you should know that when you cry, you're actually releasing stress hormones from your body. There's a physiological component to emotions. In response to any emotion you experience, your body produces hormones and neurochemicals It's part of being human. And one reason that emotions can feel uncomfortable is because of what's happening on that physiological level. So when we're sad, if we cry, our bodies are actually helping us wash away those hormones that don't make us feel good. So you can, you can help the sadness move by crying, by washing away some of it. Okay, so you're feeling sad, you cry, and then you look at and listen to your sadness. And I'll talk more about this on Tuesday in the next episode. But as you patiently listen and give your sadness some space to share, you will likely feel it shift or lighten up. Or you might also recognize some other emotion that might be present, like on the periphery. So maybe sadness is predominant, but in the corner where you haven't yet looked is anger. And maybe anger comes out of that corner, comes into the center and asks you to see it. So what's happened, your sadness shifted. Now you're maybe feeling less sad, but maybe you're going to explore anger. Usually when we explore our emotions, not just look at them, but explore them, they shift, they lighten, they transform. Taking action to help them do that is absolutely fine. It's great. That's what's called a coping mechanism or regulation. And there are different things that we can do to help us engage with our emotions or again, to help us regulate emotions. When we're in a heightened state of emotion, breathing is really helpful. We can use self-talk and we can distract ourselves. I'll talk more about those strategies as we continue in this program. But distracting ourselves, as long as it's not coming from denial, is fine. I'm going to also, on Wednesday, I'm going to share a strategy for, in some ways, for distracting yourself called cognitive reframing. That's the technical term. I'll talk more about that. But distracting yourself is fine. Taking a walk watching Netflix, you know, if you want, eat that ice cream. It's okay. We'll explore like what are the immediate 
what's the immediate impact of taking this action? What are the long-term impacts? This is an exploration. All right, friends, today's activity. I want you to get ready for this exploration. Get excited. Think about what you want to take on this journey, what you might learn from it, what you might discover. Get excited as if you're going on a treasure hunt, as if you're going to somewhere where you will you will learn from, you will come away from that trip thinking, wow, that was that was really amazing. And as you get ready for this journey, see if you can recall times when you went on an exploration and it just felt really worth it. In your packet, you've got an activity to guide you through this preparation for this journey. And um, I hope that I hope that you're enjoying Feel Better program. I hope you got a lot out of last week, this week. I want to remind you that, um, well, a couple of reminders. First of all, every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, every Friday during this program, at 4 p.m. Pacific time, I will be on Instagram Live on the Bright Morning feed, checking in with you about how the week has gone, answering your questions, sharing my reflections, sharing the things I'm hearing from the folks on my team who are engaging in this as well. So join me Fridays, 4 p.m. Pacific time on Instagram Live to check in on this program. And... That was the first reminder. The second reminder is if you are benefiting from this, if you're finding it meaningful, I'd be so grateful if you would share it with someone else. It's not too late for them to jump in. They can just start with the first week and, and you know, it's fine if everyone's, you know, some people are a week behind others. No problem. Um, invite them perhaps just to one activity. Maybe just share your experience. I'll also be talking about that this week, how we can share our experience with others. All right, friends, I will see you tomorrow when we'll talk about how to have your emotions over for tea. Take care and be well. Be well.